Hello and welcome to the Terminal Velocity Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Andrew. And I'm Scott. And uh, typically each and every week we get together uh, to discuss comic runs from the past, present. Uh, Sometimes we talk about the future stuff, but uh, (laughs) primarily we look at the past and kind of see how it looks through a 2000. I guess 19 lens. Uh, that that's dating our show a little bit. Uh, modern lens is probably a better way to say it. Um, this week we're going to take a look at a character that uh, I think both Scott and I have um, a little less experience or experience or uh, exposure to, and mm-hmm. that be Moon Knight. Uh, but specifically, we're take we're going to tackle the very short but uh, spectacular run uh, by Warren Ellis and Declan uh, Shelby. And uh, this is kind of the the Moon Knight that when he kind of changed where he was kind of just a Batman-esque looking character, Mm -hmm. and suddenly he's in a a three-piece white suit with a mask and a self-driving car and some other stuff that uh, I definitely didn't associate with Moon Knight until this run. Yeah, same here. I, w- I always looked at Moon Knight as kind of the poor man's Batman uh, or Marvel's Batman. Um, but this, but Warren, what Warren Ellis did with him actually introduced a whole new take on the character and made me actually realize, wow, this is he could actually be a fairly cool, updated character if if you just get a good writer behind him, you know, well, giving you a new perspective. It's kind of like Green Arrow, right? Like it started out as as a Batman clone. Mm-hmm. And eventually found its own, like a, a creator came along and found a way to kind of define it, uh, other than just kind of here's Batman, but hey, what if he was Robin Hood? And this is mm-hmm. kind of here's Batman if he wore all white and stuff. I, I was I was <laughs> just thinking in my head. I was about to say there's no such thing as a bad character, only poor writing that goes along with the character. But then I remember yeah, Psycho I Pirate. Go that far. Yeah, I was going to say <laughs> Psycho Pirate, you know, most of Image, uh, or even Valiant, like one of those. Gotham Girl. <laughs> uh, let's not go there. Let's Some not go there. Yeah. <laughs> All right. But, um, yeah, uh, I was kind of curious about this run when it came out, but I just never... Just I, I was kind of out of comics at the time, I think, when this was really coming out. But um Yeah, it's like it's almost like he took like infused a little bit of James Bond and mm-hmm. like super modern tech uh uh into the character. Yeah. It, it's it definitely has that slight Iron Man feel to it in like the the drone that he's got the self-driving car like all of that advanced tech that he's got yes um, but it's yeah well, apparently it, mark Spector made a, a lot of money uh, as a mercenary yes <laughs> yes apparently he's the, he's got a lot of blood money <laughs> <laughs> that he's playing with and he doesn't he doesn't hold back on spending it on some of these cool toys so yeah so um for anyone that's not familiar with the character uh He's primarily been defined as being a, a, a person with DID, mm-hmm. uh, or better known as like multiple personalities, and and that's I think that was something that was born out of writers trying to find a way to make him not Batman um, over the years, and 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 kind of how they were explaining his different interpretations. But uh, this one, uh, this is issue, um, sorry, six issue arc. Uh, 
takes a, an interesting approach to it. It, it. it gives you the question of, does he have DID, or is there more at play? Mm-hmm. And uh, from what Scott was telling me, um, they went the angle towards D- DID uh, in future runs. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they definitely... They definitely go further down the um, the mental instability uh, through later issues of this. So jumping on with Warren Ellis, it was a very specific kind of vision and a lot of kind of one and done stories that you got with a small through thread. Um, but they, they definitely carry They go down a very different road and you get a taste of that at the end of um, this trade that we ended up reading. So the the Moon Knight from the Dead. That collects all of uh, 2013's um, Warren Ellis Moon Moon Knight uh, issues one to six. Um, at the very end of this this trade, they go they give you a hint of what's coming in another in the remainder of the run, and it's one of those things where it's very jarring because it's a total deviation from what what was coming in these first six issues. Well, I, I like that this is like you said they're very one and done stories. Uh, mm-hmm. it, it's also a nice jumping on point for uh, somebody who's not familiar with the character. It kind of catches you up on what you need to know, and it kind of just redefines, uh, at least it did for these six issues, mm-hmm. uh, how the character was going to be portrayed. Um, it, it's interesting. He's kind of got that relationship with the police where they think he's a freak. They call it the freak beat, but. Uh, there's one detective who I guess is technically supposed to be actively hunting him, but he like works with him, and that's yeah, it kind of have, borrows heavily from Batman a little bit there. Mm-hmm. But um, he, he basically works with the with Moon Knight uh, on these cases that are just too bizarre. Um, and as you read the stories, you see why he's kind of necessary. <laughs> yeah. Um, do we want to go into each of the stories? Kind of beat for beat, or how do you uh, want to tackle this? We one? can do we can do them kind of high level. Uh, I will say one of the things that I really enjoy about uh, this issue of or this run of Moon Knight, uh, where he's very similar to Batman, is just how on brand he is with the little half moon sigil that he always uses. Yes, <laughs> he's got like his his throwing stars, which are in the shape of the moon. Um, his drone, as we've said, is in that exact same shape. Like he is. I think I think Bruce Even his Wayne car would be has very proud. <laughs> yeah, he, he is on brand at all times. Um, he so drives she, the moon eclipse. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> so he the first issue starts off with him investigating a kind of a brutal murder that happened. Um, some of the cops are a little bit pissed off that he's even showed up at all because you know this is supposed to be their job. Edge um, hint hint. But one of the detectives is, recognizes the fact that this is something even above their pay grade that they don't want to necessarily get too involved in. Um, so he comes in, he does his kind of massive master detective work, which was a really cool aspect. Again, not having known the character too clearly uh, up to this point. And he kind of just ignores some of the cops and talks about like, he's going to go solve this thing. And trust me, you don't want to go the places I'm about to be going. Um, ends up going deep, deep, deep under the sewers and into the, even beyond the bowels of the city into kind of this old shield. Um, I don't know if this is like a, 
if this is a safe room or what exactly it is, um, but it's into this old shield location where this soldier has been modifying himself with old shield tech. Um, and he's been going up and ambushing other people that were soldiers and kind of taking body parts that he needs or bits of their bodies that will be helping him. And he's kind of like got a machete for an arm. He's got a, a very strange kind of peg, peg leg and all these tubes that are just kind of sticking all over himself. He forgot to get the brain part because this plan <laughs> is highly illogical. Yes, it it doesn't make sense. Um when you're reading it, but like the guy is just this huge monstrosity. And what I love is that Moon Knight walks in and he's holding some of his, uh, his weapons and he throws them to the side instantly to kind of tell this guy that he's just going to be talking to him. Um, but his way around it is that he's actually thrown one of his stars and it actually jabs into, um, what looks to be a very important piece of his body and it's just leaking all this fluid. So Moon Knight's able just to, really beat the hell out of this guy at the drop of a hat. It takes him no effort at all. Yes. And I, I got to say, I, I like the sketchiness of the art. I, mm-hmm. I like how Moon Knight is like the one thing that isn't colored in. So it's got that crisp white, but it's really, I think from like the paper, it looks it. And I yeah. could be wrong, but it kind of gives it that uncolored look to it. Yes. And, uh, it makes it really pop off the screen. And it's part of even what they say, like how, he's all dressed in white and it's like, well, it's cause he likes them to see him coming. Yeah. I was just about to say that it, he's one of those things where he doesn't want to blend in. He wants them to see what's coming um, so that they prepare themselves. Um, <laughs> it's, it's really cool. And you're right. Like the, the sketchiness and even just the use of the shadows on the, uh, the white mask and everything, it gives it a very kind of monstrous and ominous look to it. Um, using all the negative space around him to kind of define where he is. It's, it's really great, the, the shading and the work on that, but I, I really enjoyed that. So this is, that's issue number one. He kind of takes out that guy um, pretty quickly, this monster, and the police aspect will come in later issues. Yes. Well, in the second issue, it's kind of like a, a sniper story where like you're seeing a whole bunch of characters uh, that seemingly unconnected uh, are all being taken out systematically. And uh, this is where we go. We get like a the Batman-esque Moon Knight because he, he does tend to switch between costumes depending on, like, I don't know if it's so much a persona as depends on what his mission is or how he sees it. Mm-hmm. But um he kind of swoops in from his his uh, moon cape thing, and it's his cape is the shape of a crescent moon that helps him like glide <laughs> across the sky. Uh, as he realizes there's a sniper taking everybody out, and so uh, you know, fight ensues, very Batman esque here. Um, and the cape gets shot up, and he just still kind of makes his way through using his grapple. Uh, he's not as good as Batman because he does take some blows, but he certainly he certainly can kind of finish the the story and you basically find out that this guy uh is a mercenary previously kind of like moon knight was um who was basically felt like he was ditched uh on the job by other mercenaries which is what we find out those people that were being killed were actually uh cohorts of this guy 
Um, but as they they're fighting in an abandoned, at least what looks like an abandoned building, uh, another guy uh, pops out of the elevator and and takes him out and basically tells Moon Knight, aka you, the audience, what what it was all about. Mm-hmm. It's basically like these people, you know, got out of the game where this guy was kind of a fossil, not wanting to kind of leave. Um, yeah. So what? What? Uh, so in this one, it was they they kind of like shut down his unit and left him out in the field with no backup, with no support, with nothing else to do. So what the hell was he going to do? So he decides to enact vengeance on those people, and all these people have decided since to follow the money and go work at banks and other, you know, high financial security places. <laughs> so yeah. and he basically just says the banks always win. Um, yeah. It's yeah. Very, very basic story. Yeah, it's it's very clear cut. The next the issue number three is is one of my favorite ones um, where all of a sudden you see these kind of 1980s punk rock street kids walking around um, that just start randomly attacking people. And but the twist is they're glowing green and clearly not real human people. Yeah, they're clearly not human people, but Moon Knight decides to fight some of them um, and then realizes, like, okay, I can't hit them, but they can hit me. Um, so he has to go back to Conchu. He goes all the way back to his manor and talks to Conchu about, you know, um, the Egyptian god Conchu. Um, what is it that he's supposed to do? And it, it kind of lets him know that, okay, not everything that's in this house is meant to attack the living. There are some things that can, you know, attack even the dead. Um, so basically Moon Knight just puts on a bunch of skeletal army or samurai clothes, basically. Well, yeah, his, his suit persona just did not work. So (laughs) I like the panel where he's like, after he's spoken to Conchu and he's in like, I guess his attic or bunker Mm -hmm. where he stores all his, all his artifacts. And he's like, I don't even remember buying most of this stuff. (laughs) And then he gets himself decked out, and then he goes, he finds the ghosts, and just pummels the living hell out of them. Um, and this is kind of one of these areas of redemption where he tracks them all the way back to where they were actually coming from. And it was a, an old, um, uh, I guess it was an, an old mystical kind of burial type thing where one of the um gang members actually killed the other ones before killing himself and it ended up trapping their souls in kind of this little, little music, music box, box thing because yeah. one of them felt guilty and that's kind of how the whole thing ends um with uh, a little bit of redemption for the ghost and i guess the other uh, or a little bit of redemption for the one character and then all these other ghosts are i guess dead or left to haunt still but they're not going to be causing any problems now, the, the next issue I really liked, uh, issue four, where Moon Knight is kind of brought in by uh, this kind of um, researcher, doctor type, uh, who's conducting sleep studies, but, like, it's it's not going as planned. And, like, people are... It, it's like they're, they're being, like, infected, basically, by, mm-hmm. like, dream spores or something like that. It's very, I felt very Warren Ellis. I was going to um, say, this is the most Warren Ellis <laughs> issue <laughs> so, of, like, of the entire run. So Moon Knight comes in there to kind of investigate what's going on with all the patients. And, and he goes to sleep in this like moldy looking closet. And so 
basically, uh, Moon Knight goes on this thing and, and discovers that, like, well, he, he discovers what the truth and he wakes up and he just starts beating the living crap out of the researcher and he's like, this is all basically all you're doing. And uh, once he throws him into the moldy room, he rips the floorboards open uh, to reveal a corpse. And basically, it was his first... Um, his flirt, his first like research subject who uh, died in the in the in the process of the research, uh, but he had was it like a mute latent mutant ability or something like so it was kind of it was an infection it was like a spore infection that was in his brain yeah and um, it just was it was basically everyone was breathing in the spores mm-hmm. uh, which was causing the ailment uh, and this researcher I guess was not on the up and up in terms of uh, his, his uh, operating practices and ethics. So he just stashed the body. Yeah. He didn't want to get shut down. So he just hid the body under the floorboards. Yeah. Uh, a very horror esque issue, but very Warren Ellis. And it's got, this is the most psychedelic one with all of like how he, how Mark Spector goes through um, in the dreamscape and he's in the suit. And then he has all of a sudden in the, the classic moon Knight yeah. kind of outfit as he's falling through this very dream state. So it's, it's a really cool um, issue. I think that would, if somebody were to pick up that one issue before reading the rest of the run, they would be really curious for the rest of Warren Ellis's take on it. Yes. And that would make them go back. Uh, issue number five takes us through, I think what would probably be one of the um, precursors to the kind of daredevil hallway fight scene i was literally thinking <laughs> that same thing I'm like this issue is basically the daredevil hallway fight scene yes where um moon knight is going into the building to um i guess to to actually rescue a kidnap victim and it's basically just moon knight taking on 20 gangsters and 20 thugs as he's walking up through this building um so it's just like one gigantic long fight sequence. Absolutely fantastic. Uh, and obviously he saves the girl. It, it won't, I won't go through the whole thing because obviously this is, this is a silent issue where you have to read the whole thing um, and kind of see how he ends up taking out all these people with all his various tools and implements. It's, it's a hell of a cool thing to watch. Um, well, I would say this is that doing that format, right? Yes. Yes, this is this is telling that sequential story really quickly. I love that he's at one point he's walking through and he's carrying a baseball bat and it's got blood on it and he's kind of just trailing it along a wall and some people just start running away from him. <laughs> <laughs> I'm saying if they draw inspiration for that Moon Knight uh, um, Disney Plus series from this, I would mm. love that show. Yes, I, I hope that they pull some kind of aspects from it. Because this would this would be a great representation to see on on screen, and this is one of those places where, um, this is one of the ones where he he talks about the fact that you know he's dressed in the white, and it's when you see me coming, run. <laughs> yeah, I like that. So when we come to issue six, and this is kind of where the 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 thread from the first issue uh, kind of pays off. And you find there's this uh, there's a police officer who's not very happy with like basically with his own life, mm-hmm. um, and he just thinks like who is this Moon Knight guy to be like kind of loud as this hero and 
and and kind of praised, well, he's just a lousy beat cop is how he kind of sees it. He kind of thinks that he's been shortchanged and has uh, basically put the blame on uh, on on Moon Knight. <laughs> so uh, you, you see him systematically researching kind of like Moon Knight's history, uh, which the people, none of the people want to talk. Um, but you find uh, he basically, I, I'm just going to, glaze over it but basically he he cre- he becomes the next black specter which is kind of um the anti-moon knight mm-hmm. yep and uh this cop really loses it because he thinks he, he should be the top of the chain but really he's become like a sociopath um and decides that he has to basically by any means necessary take out moon knight so he can become the new hero of the city mm-hmm. and so he does this by setting up bombs uh in a quiet neighborhood to kind of take out moon knight um and then you know the fight ensues uh moon knight uh i really liked how basically one of his ids fails Mm -hmm. uh but then it it sends just in time to poetically take out the guy himself because he's standing in front of the the last bomb uh and basically moon it's like you don't know really anything <laughs> yeah just like essentially walks away from him uh i mean basically he's saying i do this and i push away the people i love basically because and that's how i win because he basically has nothing to lose mm-hmm. yeah and people so, who love me suffer and die i never want to be loved Whereas the other guy's obviously going out for some attention and going out for adoration and everything like that. And it's, mm-hmm. that's why Moon Knight always wins because he's got nothing to lose because he has no attachments to anything. Um, what I like about that issue is that it actually shows the progression of a villain um, and how methodical that villain actually is and how trained he kind of makes himself. Like yes. the guy, the guy starts throwing darts of all things, but he gets really, really good at throwing the darts. Um, he well, works that's on what, his, that's what, his I guess targeting. What policemen, and, policemen do in their spare time, right? <laughs> yeah, I guess so. So he's really, he really trains himself um, to be that kind of uh, perfectionist at, at what he's doing, uh, albeit. He reminded misguided. me a little of uh, of of Bullseye in Daredevil season three. Yes. <laughs> yes that it's very much got that same vibe to it um so yeah so that's moon knight uh from the dead yeah i i i, I quite enjoyed it uh more than i thought i would uh i've read other moon knight runs here and there uh did nothing that really ever wowed me more than, than to stick around for an issue or two but uh, had this been something I was reading, I would have wanted wanted to continue. Yeah, I can say I was reading this when it came out, and it had me hooked. And then after the first six issues, it goes down a very different path, and it lost me real quickly. Um, but just having that those six issues and reading them again, it reminded me how goddamn good Warren Ellis was on Moon Knight. And it's a damn shame that he didn't write more. Well, for that he's, he's he's one of the best. He it, it really shows why he's one of the best writers that's out there. And he doesn't do superhero stuff too, too often. Um, and when he does, he does it very differently from everybody else. Um, he still gives you some heroic moments and some of those things where you're like, oh, yeah, that's <laughs> that is superheroes being superheroes. Um, but like 
like you were saying, like your favorite issue with the, the psychedelic spores is really cool with the ghosts. Um, it's really cool. It really, um, it really made me think like, Oh, I should read planetary again. Cause there was a lot <laughs> of really cool stuff happening in it that had, that was very reminiscent of even that book. So um, dare I tell you that I've never read planetary. Oh shit. Okay. We have to add that to the reading list. <laughs> it's, so it is you heard, something you heard it here first. It's, it'll be coming up. <laughs> it'll be coming up. Yeah, I would give it. Uh, I would definitely give that five out of five moon sigils. Yeah, I I, I agree. Uh, I would give this five conchu skulls out of five. <laughs> All right. So let's move on to the. I guess our pick of the week section for uh, pick of the week from October 9th, I believe it was. Um, this wasn't a huge, huge week for me, and I don't know about you, so I'm gonna. Yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't a huge week, and what I had, I I don't want to sit here and just slag books, but like I just, I had a moment this week in the last two weeks actually, and uh, really DC's not really cutting it for me anymore. Uh, I and this is. This is this is huge because I've always been a DC guy and I'll always love those characters, mm-hmm. but I feel like it's kind of hitting a place where uh, I guess it's a generational shift, and the, it's starting to not feel like it's for me. On top of that, I'm kind of just tired of the treading water that we've had since Rebirth. Yes, and uh, and I know they're treading water because there's been shifts behind the scenes. You know, the Warner's was bought by merged with AT and T and there's a lot of corporate uncertainty and there's a lot, been a lot of big changes creatively. Like, you know, Jeff Johns has kind of stepped away and now it's kind of the era of Bendis and yeah, it's, it's tough. It, it's I, definitely I, I just kind of, I just kind of hit this point where I'm just like, I'm not like I'm picking these books up, but I'm either not reading them at all for weeks mm-hmm. or I'm reading them and I'm just meh. Yeah, it's and... definitely, I think the the stuff, I, I would agree with that sentiment. I think the the thing that's really sticking for me with DC is the fact that, like you say, it's just been treading water for so goddamn long. But the things that are not treading water are the ones that actually get you excited. Yeah. The, like a thing like Deceased, which is just... Stellar book. A, an amazing book that DC is putting out. And it shouldn't, it shouldn't work and it totally works. Um, but then you read, you like in one week you'll get that and then you'll read an issue of the flash or you'll read an issue of Batman or Superman. And you're like, Oh, right. This is us in actual continuity. Yeah. And frankly, like all the rumors of where it's going, I'm not so sold on it. Mm-hmm. I'm not judging it yet. Like, I don't know what it's going to be. And it's all just rumors. Um, it, it, the rumors to me sound very desperate. And it's kind of, I know, like, we were just praising Moon Knight uh, being with Marvel now, but Marvel now didn't exactly set the world on fire. Mm-mm. And that's kind of what it sounds like we're getting with DC coming up. Yeah. Uh, a lot of the main characters being replaced and changed and essentially retired. And, of course, it's temporary. <laughs> like, it's never, these things are never permanent. They're just trying, the I guess, a different approach to introducing new players. But, uh Marvel and DC are very different and I think that what they don't understand is that you go to Marvel and like the it's always fluid but it's always ever continuing 
DC, we have our the crisis. They have their resets, but ultimately, it, it, you know, you're you're wanting to read Clark Kent, Superman, Diana Prince, Wonder Woman, Bruce Wayne, Batman. Like those are the classic mm-hmm. characters, and you can't really change them. Uh, you might see a little sales boon for the collector market, you know, the new number one and a bearing new direction or whatever. But uh, ultimately, it never sticks because you know it's not going to be the the permanent status quo. Like they're never gonna just say Bruce Wayne is is good and gone and that's it. Like that's never going to stick. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so I don't understand why they keep doing these little stunts. Um, like you know, they're calling it 5G. So like, even just the the 5G naming scheme just tells me they're kind of out I of touch. Hate that. I hate like, that naming. I absolutely yeah. hate it. Nothing makes me tune point. out faster in a news article than seeing something that references 5G. And well, I'm like, I, okay. I I love that. I love when a comic book makes me think of my increasing cell phone bill. Like it just <laughs> <laughs> like I just I don't know. I think it's 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 kind of like that lame. They're trying to be hip and modern and uh, appeal to a, a, a different demographic, but none of them are from or connected to that demographic in any way. Mm-hmm. And uh, it doesn't come across um, genuine, genuinely. So uh, that that's my rant there. So basically, I felt like it was a fitting end for some of the, my books on my poll um, <laughs> yes. with, with, the, with the DC titles as they reach milestone issues. And like, I was left just, under underwhelmed like flash 80 was like whatever yeah Um, i got to the final pages of that and i was like oh they're not doing that again are they and they are so (laughs) i'll wait and see what happens in the next issue and i feel i feel beholden to read the flash storyline because it is my favorite character because we've named the the podcast after it but it's getting it's getting to be a struggle. I'm not gonna lie. It, I'm gonna it's... have to live vicariously through you, unfortunately. Fair I've still kept I've still kept flash forward. <laughs> I mm. don't know why. Oh my <laughs> god. It's Wally, so I gotta give it a chance. Yeah, that one um, I I already dropped. <laughs> but <laughs> I read issue number sacrilege. one and I was like, Oh, I love Wally, but I don't know what this is. No. Well, it's clearly going to lead to the new crisis that they're probably going to have Bendis right, and I don't know. And I'm seeing like the previews of like Legion of Superheroes, and it's got like Damien wants to join too. And I'm like, what? I'm like, oh, well, yeah. We like, can you know, talk like, about. I, that, I know that, that was. Not, I know he's not going to join. That's just like it's clearly a fake out. But I don't know. Just, I don't know. Then again, maybe ben, maybe he will. Bendis maybe. wrote it in Superman. He wrote Damien asking. Asking Jonathan, like, put in a good word for me. I'll come with you. And they've never, they haven't done a back character getting pulled into the Legion, as far as I'm aware. So, oh. I, I, I wouldn't be surprised. That said, the most recent issue of Superman, I don't know that that was really Damien, because that is not the kind of character that I believe Damien was. And I don't know if you read the issue, but it did not. I like, attempted. Whoever the hell that character was, it wasn't Damian Wayne. It was written so fucking weird. Yeah. Just no. so not true to the character. No, it didn't make not... me like him anymore. <laughs> <laughs> not to say that he, he turned into a likable character, just a very different character. It's a hard pass for me. Um, so, yeah, I, I think 
that I'm going to be kind of living in the world of Marvel, which seems like sacrilege to me to say, but uh, not fully. Like, I'm still going to dip my toe into the DC universe so I know what's going on, and of course for the show. Um, but the the core titles that I'm picking up, I realized were the ones that I'm having the most fun with are, are kind of the are Marvel books at the moment. Um, there's the X-Men relaunch, which is exciting for the first time in a real... Truly in a really long time, mm-hmm. uh, with the exception of, of Extermination, which I, I did really enjoy. Um, the Avengers, is it's telling a different kind of Avengers story, and uh, it's not its not all all hit, but like they're tackling kind of storylines that you've never really seen the Avengers deal with before, so I think that that's a positive for the book. Uh, Thor, I know you're a little on the fence with the new direction post, Aaron. Um but uh, I'm, I mean, I think Donny Cates is going to write one hell of a crazy oh, Thor book. Uh, yeah, so. I'm, a, I'm a big fan of Donny Cates. So while I'm not like my heart well, goes out to the the old <laughs> Thor with the one arm and the missing eye, like I love that kind of Thor. Oh, but things change, and and I'll see how that change <laughs> kind of so must plays I, out. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I. Uh... I I I I'm kind of curious to see where he's going to go with it because he's been th- sowing the the I guess or he's been putting building putting the roots in where the connections of the symbiotes to the um and to the Asgardian lore and everything well, so like but... and then you look at Kate's Silver Surfer and I'm just thinking oh man this could be this could be really cool um yeah I might get more symbiotes than I like but we'll see where it goes. <laughs> Maybe he's symbiote uh, infused. That's what that head thing is. On uh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> that gets his but, eye back. Yeah, it just regrows it for him. Um, yeah. Uh, so yeah, I'm I'm kind of living in the world of Marvel. And uh, with that said, my pick of the week, uh, getting back on track, uh, is Powers of X or Powers of Ten, whichever way you want to say it. Um, it's just an exciting conclusion to that story, but it's not really a conclusion. It's just a conclusion to the minis mm-hmm. the the new books feel very much like it's just continuing on from there. Um, I'm going to have to live with the data pages for, for the foreseeable future. <laughs> what I can tell at least, at least on the Hickman written titles. <laughs> I, I love, I love the, the, the MacGuffin that, that Moira is. <laughs> Cause she's like, yep, yeah, she's tucked away in that little room that nobody knows about. And mm-hmm. like when they want to hit the reset, to the x-men again they just kill her off and yep. just <laughs> it'll and it's that easy <laughs> it's reset so he can tell whatever he wants and it's gonna go crazy and people are gonna lose their mind and it'll be like yeah. <laughs> reset yeah, yeah I so uh, it, I, I look forward to seeing how the mutants interact with with the marvel universe uh i'm curious what their enemies or threats are gonna be because like all the big bads that we know are kind of together now um, so I, I can't wait for the disaster that this is all going to be. Mm-hmm. Um, and I say that lovingly. I don't mean like a disaster as in it's shitty and hard to read. I mean like just entertaining. Yeah. Cause um, nothing goes well for the X-Men ever. It can't. Yeah. So it's going to be, they're going to deal with a monstrous disaster of some sort <laughs> that yeah. they won't be able to get themselves out of. Yeah, for sure. 
And maybe, just maybe, we'll learn how how they were able to replicate Wolverine's adamantium. But um, <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> I think that'll be a mystery that we just have to take to our graves. <laughs> so I'll I'll just quickly mention my runner up. Uh, it was Amazing Spider-Man number thirty-one, um, mainly because. Uh, well, really just because I enjoy Spider-Man, to be honest with you. Uh, I liked a little throwback to the, the, the history, like the past that it was talking about with, with Peter and the gang as kids um, and, and, and the Norman Osborn stuff. They're heavily, heavily hinting that, that um, what's this guy's name again? Uh, Kindred. Kindred. That he, I mean, they're heavily implying that he's Harry Osborn somehow. Um, so it must be a fake out. Yeah, it's probably a fake out. But I, I, I saw a cool theory online, and I, I, you know, I'd give credit if I knew who came up with the theory. I think it, it was mentioned in an article. Was that it's not, um, it, it that it, it's actually Harry pre one more day, like the the Harry Osborn that died uh, as the Green Goblin, um, like basically the that that. that essence of harry that died before the the reset uh uh done by mephisto uh before he resurrects so maybe it's like harry's like corrupted soul uh who is blaming i guess maybe blames peter and, uh, and norman for everything which i think is a pretty cool theory i'm curious to see how it goes that said the next issue is kicking off the, the i guess the relaunch of 2099 mm-hmm. so we might not get any more insight into kindred <laughs> Not for a while. Not for a while. And I'm like, fucking hell. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe yeah. one issues and we still don't know. I know that he's trying to recreate the whole who is Green Goblin, who is Hobgoblin mysteries we had in the like the sixties and seventies, but mm-hmm. yeah, whatever. Um but I enjoyed it, so yeah, yeah at least we've nice. got their name now <laughs> for, <Yeah. laughs> for like twenty something issues. I don't even think we had a name. <laughs> We just, had, we just knew it was a, a, some kind of bug monster thing. <laughs> and I, I got to say, I was happy to see Otley do an issue. So it was it was good to, to have him back on board here a little bit. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, um, that, that's my pick of the week. Uh, so I'm curious to hear yours. Yeah. And I, I just before I get into it, I do have to say I am fucking jazzed for Spider-Man 2099 showing up. Absolutely, me too. It's one of my favorite uh, offshoots. Uh, yes. Uh, He's one of my favorite Spider-Man. So, well, I'm, there was a time he was the only other Spider-Man. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I, I'm really interested in in that character. As much as I like Peter Parker, uh, Miguel O'Hara, that is that that's a Spider-Man that I kind of cut my teeth reading. 2099 came out at just the right time for me. So I'm I'm really excited to see that character back in a good way because I know he came back during some of Dan Slott's stuff, but I didn't yeah. I didn't really enjoy that I, so I kinda, much. I kind of checked out at that point, but um, yeah, and I, I like that he's also being written by Nick Spencer, so there's going to be some mm-hmm. connective tissue there. Uh, you know, it's not going to be like the case of Batman where like one thing's happening here and something else happening in the other book, but it makes no sense. Yeah. This way, like they're there you know that it's going to be in tandem with each other so it's not gonna it's not it's gonna all make sense yeah I, I, look, I really look forward to that so so this is a little awkward um because we just spent so much time kind of <laughs> trashing 
what DC is doing. But my pick of the week is actually going for, I, I want it, I could also easily make it um, Powers of X number six. Um, but I think I really enjoyed Batman Universe number four. I'm thoroughly enjoying what Bendis is doing on this. This is uh, Brian Michael Bendis and Nick Darrington um, doing a Batman story with um, Vandal Savage in it. This issue had Jonah Hex as, lo- as well as Green Lantern, Hal Jordan kind of being swept up into the um, into the old West times and they have to like figure out what to do and they can't wear their existing costumes so they have to be in cowboy gear. They end up fighting a whole bunch of ninjas and then getting pulled back in time. Um, yeah, I, this just continues to be just an absolute fun romp through DC's continuity and universe uh, with Batman and I would say if you're looking for something that's out of continuity, um, that is just, you know, good fun reading old kind of having those old wacky adventures that you kind of remember seeing all the covers for. This is the book for you. This is this has been just absolute, absolute fun. So Well, that's why this book works is that it's not yeah. part of the treading water. Um, mm-hmm. it's, it's just a good Batman epic like a batman adventure and batman feels like batman green lantern feels like green lantern it's unfortunate that it's titled the way it is but (laughs) yeah it's not the greatest it's not the greatest title um but batman is going through the universe so i guess that's maybe what it's about but because he was he i mean he was on thanagar um he was in gorilla city he's been pulled all through the places so this is this has just been a lot of fun i thoroughly recommend it to anybody um yeah batman universe number four a kick-ass series okay well there you have it batman universe number four and powers of 10 number six are our pick of the week uh scott uh where can they find us yeah if you want to write us uh an email with any questions comments concerns (laughs) about our release schedule uh you can send them to terminal velocity podcast at gmail.com Uh, Or leave a rating and review on your podcatcher of choice. So uh, whether that be iTunes, Google, Overcast, whatever it is, uh, definitely leave star ratings on any of those so that other people can find us. You can also uh, follow us at Comics Terminal on Twitter and Terminal Velocity Podcast on the other social media outlets. Uh, We'd love to hear what your thoughts and uh, and concerns are, and uh, we hope to hear from you. Yep. And for any Canadian listeners that are listening to us right now, happy Thanksgiving. Uh, We've taken just a short time out of our time with our families to record this for you guys. So uh, enjoy some turkey. (laughs) Cheers. Okay. Bye. Take care.